Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. about what I want to share today that I don't care by the time I'm done in the the next couple of minutes I know that I'm going to be I'm going to look a mess I'm going to be dripping soaking wet and but I want you to know that I don't care because I'm so excited so don't be offended if I don't hug you afterwards not not that you would want to but uh, understand as a matter of fact our hugs we normally, there's a two-hug minimum at the sanctuary. I'm not going to ask that you get up and hug nobody, but it, it's kind of hot and sticky, so what, here's what I want you to do. Just reach over to somebody and say, love you, give them a high five, welcome them, tell them you look good, even, even sweaty. Yeah. Tell them, smell you later. Now it's good. Now it's good. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. So is anybody excited? Is anybody excited? Come on. Come on. I don't care. I don't care how hot it is. We can make tons of excuses. But I'm sure on that day that Christ had to walk to Calvary, I'm sure the temperature wasn't an issue. Correct? I'm sure it didn't matter. I'm sure he didn't, it wasn't in the cool of the afternoon that he chose his beatings. I'm sure it wasn't in the cool, in, in, in the right temperature, or the right season that he chose to, to take my sins upon him and, and pay the price. Amen? So endure with me just for a few moments today. I'm going to start with a quote. C.S. Lewis says, My eyes are not enough for me. I must learn to see the world through the eyes of another. My eyes are not enough for me. I must learn to see the world through the eyes of another. And we're going to do that today. We're going to look through the eyes of another. And I believe this service today is going to be one that you will not soon forget. Not because it's the one that was in 90 degree weather, but, but I believe that this is going to be a service today. I'm, I'm confident. I'll even offer you a money back guarantee that today would be a service that you will not soon forget. We're going to have two ceremonies and a celebration before we're done today. We're going to have two ceremonies and a celebration all inside of a message I'm titling, I Choose You. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for your rhema word. We thank you for a timely word. We thank you, Lord God, that you have everyone here that needs to be here. We thank you, Lord God, that you are going to have everyone, even on the internet, listen, that needs to listen. God, I pray, we know that your word is already anointed. Your word is already powerful. Your word is already on time. I pray that you would just anoint us, me to speak and us to listen, Lord God, that you would anoint us to have communion today, that you would anoint us, Lord God, to be in of one mind and of one spirit today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. 
All right. Well, last week, Pastor Gary spoke about God, the Redeemer, the Redeemer who gives us value, who restores us to honor and, and worth. And, and, you know, t- would you just turn to somebody and say, you're worth something? That's not something that we hear a lot, right? You're worth something. You're worth something. A lot of times we feel unworthy. We feel, you know, man, I can't, I don't have the right clothes for this. I don't have the right outfit for this. I don't drive the right car for this. I can't go to this. We feel unworthy. But, but Pastor Gary broke it down last week, how God is our Redeemer. Amen? And how that means that we're set free from a life of sin. We're set free from a life of confusion, of hurt, addictions, of compromise. And, be, and because of that, we know that our past cannot hold us back or keep us down. Somebody say amen to that. Our past cannot hold us back or keep us down. And that is good news this morning. Well, I want to take that a step further today by having an actual ceremony today that the church always refers to as communion. Okay? But um, if you've been here a while, you know that before I do that, you know, I've always been afraid that communion, and that's why we don't do it regularly, we don't do it at a set time of the, of the month or whatever. We do it whenever kind of God just leads us. Because I, I, I've always been scared that it would just be a ritual. I've always been scared that we just do communion because it's the third Sunday of the month or whatever it is that people do it. And, and that it would mean nothing. That it would mean just crackers and juice and whatever and a little time. And, or that you would mean that maybe just the service is going to be longer because we're going to do communion and we're going to go through these little... And we're going to do emblems and we're going to pass this out. And, and, and it, it's easy for it to just become a ritual. So... Uh, you know, in order to, to not allow that to happen, what I want to do today is take you through a quick journey to the origins because I want you to really understand it. Is, is, is that all right? Because, see, listen, thank you, Norman. If you understand the origin of something, listen, this is key. If you understand the origin of something, where something originates from, where it started, then either you'll stop doing it Or you'll do it with more passion. Amen? Either you'll stop if you understand what it was really all about, or you'll do it even with more power and with more passion. And that's my prayer today, that we would understand this thing and do it with more passion, with more power. So if you have your words with you, would you turn with me to Exodus chapter 12? (coughs) Ooh, that's bad. Exodus chapter 12, if you don't have your Bibles, look on with somebody or just listen or just look down and fake it. Exodus is the book right in the beginning, right after Genesis. Exodus 12, and let me give you a definition. Communion means, and this is Webster's definition, this is the, uh, uh, you know, a secular definition. Communion means the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts or feelings. Isn't that cool? The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts or feelings. Now, the, the holy you know, definition of it means it talks about the consecration of bread and wine, but I don't like that definition. I don't believe communion is about consecrated bread or consecrated wine. Communion is more about sharing and exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings. You with me? Hang in with me. So we're not going to consecrate bread today. We're not going to consecrate wine today. We're going to have communion with God through the symbolic act 
of remembering the body and the blood that was shed for you and for me. Amen? To understand, to understand that we have to know, you know, how we got to that. Why? Why we got to that. And let, let me just do a little serious disclaimer right now. This to me is a really, really serious, serious thing. Praise God for a new fan. Amen. If we got to get another two, we'll get another two for next week. But we're going to have some air circulating in here one way or another. But hear me out. This is a serious thing to me. I'm going to ask that for the next few minutes as I'm just explaining this, that, that you don't get up, you don't walk around. I don't want to see iPods in your ears, young people. I don't want to see chatting, you chatting people up or joking people around. Any other Sunday, I overlook that. But I won't pretend to understand it but because I know that we can sit through movies two and three hours long and we wouldn't dare to get up and be, because we're afraid we'll miss something, right? And the movie could be two and a half hours long, three hours, but we wouldn't dare get up because we're scared. What if I miss something good? Well, how come we come to, to hear the Word of God and, and we go for 25, 30 minutes here tops with the Word? How come it's okay if we miss a part of that? How come if we get a little itch in the kidney, we figure, eh, let me go scratch it now. How come, right? What if, aren't you scared that you would miss something? Aren't you scared that maybe that particular next phrase that's coming up is going to be something revelational for your life? Listen, I've seen it happen. I've watched people, and, and knowing people's lives, I've, I've watched a minister about to get to something, and, and I've seen people get up, and go to the bathroom or go chat somebody up. No, and I know that, wow, that was a word for that person. And they missed it. You, you understand? So I'm going to ask for the next few moments that you just stay seated. That, and, and, and listen, how come also in the movies, if somebody's chatting people up, what would happen in the movies? Wow, that was good. That was like rehearsed. Right? I mean, shh, and then maybe some vulgarities, you know, if, if it continues, right? It'd be, shh, yo, shut up, callate. Right? I pay $7, $9, $10, depending on where you go to movies. It's kind of crazy, right? So, but, but how come in church it's okay? We just tolerate anything and we just say, oh, shut up, yeah, or listen to this song. And, and they, they're sharing iPods with each other. I, I'll tolerate it every other Sunday, but for right now, for the next couple of moments, please, I'm going to ask that you just focus with me. I know it's hot. I'm sweating. Please, okay? It's that serious to me. I want you to get the whole message and the whole word fully without distraction. So I'm going to encourage you to do that today. And, and I know that I can't compete with Hollywood. I'm not, and, and you know, in keeping your attention, I can't. I wish that we, you know, we could have smoke and mirrors and bells and whistles and go all that. But, but you know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't have to try to compete with Hollywood because Hollywood is a, is a lie. All right? And I want to tell you truth. Hollywood is fantasy. I want to bring you truth. So I'm not going to try to complete, compete with that, but I believe that this truth will rock your world if you let it. Amen? Enough said. Exodus 12, chapter, Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. It starts like this. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. The first month. Thank you, baby. My daughter, thank you everyone. (laughs) 
12.1, it says, the Lord says, and this month shall be the beginning of months, the first month of the year to you. I want you to catch what's happening here. God says, I'm about to do something so big and so important in your lives that He remakes the calendar. He remakes the Hebrew calendar. He says, this month is going to be the first month to you because God is about to do something so big that He's going to start your year now. I believe, listen to me, I believe if you would receive this today, God is going to start some of your calendars new today. Today is going to be the first day of the year for some of you. I believe that if, if you would just hear it. Right now is the start of that new year. Verse 3, he says, Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of the month they shall take every man a lamb according to the size of the family of which he is the father, a lamb or a kid, which is a goat, for each house. And if the household is too small to consume the lamb, let him and his next door neighbor take it according to the number of persons, every man according to what each can eat and shall make your count for the lamb. I need you to catch what's happening there. It says every man should take a lamb to cover his family. See, whenever God speaks, God speaks to the man. Do, you, do, you un, do we understand that? God speaks to the man. And, and don't, you know, don't get crazy on me. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know me enough. I, I, I love you women and I, and I love to empower women. And I love you to run things and lead things. But God speaks to the man because I believe if the man has everything in order, then everything else will follow. Amen? Right? Can, can, can those of us that are some hurt, some hurt sons and, and daughters, can we testify that if the man, if the man, if the father would put everything in order, the family will follow. Okay, so he's saying, it, God is saying there needs to be a father in the home to cover the household. It says the lamb can't be wasted, so God sets up community here. He does something beautiful. It's like a bad ringing, guys. It's ringing like crazy up here. The, the, God does something beautiful. He says the lamb can't be wasted. So he sets up community. And he says, let the father bring in the family next door. So, so if there's no father, you understand. He says that this lamb can't be wasted. If one lamb is too big for a small family, then God sets up community. He says, let the father bring in the family next door into this celebration. Okay? So you see what, what's happening here? Let the father bring in the family and include them. Verse 5, it says, The lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall each kill his lamb in the evening. Now something real serious is happening here. God says, listen, Passover is the 14th day of the month. C catch this, okay? It's really important. God says, Passover is going to be on the 14th day of the month. But God wanted them to pick the sacrifice on the 10th day. Somebody said the math ain't right. Right? Why am I going to pick the lamb on the 10th day and not on the 14th day when on the 14th day is Passover? That's when we're going to pick the sacrifice. But God, here's what He wants. He says, four days earlier... I want you to go out to the flock. I want you to pick the most perfect lamb that you can find. Bring it back to your house. Catch this. Care for it. Feed it. Become attached to it. 
Let your children play with it. Notice its presence every day. How many of you know that if you brought a sheep, a little lamb, into your house for four days, well, maybe except your wife would not like it because, you know, but the rest of the family will get really attached to it. You, you understand what's happening here? If you kept this animal in your house for four days, the kids would, can't wait to come home from school to play with this little lamb. Everybody's just going to get so attached. You'd probably give it a name by the, by the first day, right? And so God says, do this for four days and then kill it. Somebody say, that's cold. Doesn't that sound bad? Doesn't that sound so cruel? Doesn't that sound like heart-wrenching? Why would I let my kids get accustomed to this animal? Why would I you know, get home and bring little treats? I stop at, at Stop and Shop and pick up little sheep treats and, and bring them home, you know, a little sheep stick or whatever for the sheep. You know, we, we, we do that kind of stuff, right? We get so attached to it in four whole days, almost a week. But then on the 14th day, we're going to kill it in front of everybody. Why do you think God wants us to do that? Because the blood of the Passover lamb is not anonymous. Okay? The blood of the Passover lamb, it has to be personal. It has to be intimate. It has to be agonizing. God intends that we should feel the horror of our sin. You following me? God intends that we feel the pain of our sin. He wanted the, his children to understand that it's not anonymous, it's not just blood, it's not just an animal, it's something that we felt the presence of for a few days. It's something that we've become attached to. It's something that, that little Hannah or Caleb calls uh, Mary or calls uh, little Chiquito or whatever. You know, it's something that we've named, it's something that we've been close to, now we've got to kill it. The Passover lamb, he wants us to know that our sin brings death to the innocent. Are you, are you getting a different picture today? He wants us to know that we are never to forget this. And see, that's why I say communion is not about consecrating bread or wine, because that separates from the horror of it. If we make it just about the bread and the wine, we focus on the bread and the wine. And we say, look at these emblems, and take these emblems, and God bless, and God broke, and we take, and we give out, and we take emblems. No, it's not about consecrated bread or wine. It's about the blood of the Lamb. Are, are you with me? I know not a popular message, but, but we need to understand the communion is not about consecrating bread and wine. It's about sharing and exchanging intimate thoughts or feelings. Verse 7, they shall take the blood, this is, this, is, this is hardcore, they shall take the blood, they're going to kill this lamb in front of the family, they shall take the blood of it and put it on the two side posts and on the lintel above the door. So, I mean, this is not pretty, and those of you with, that are neat freaks would really freak out with this, with this assignment, Right? You have those, how many of you like your house nice and clean and everything, right? You got, how many of you got like nine plugins in your house? You want the house smelling beautiful, right? Every room, you got the three plugins that change scents. So it's always a different scent every 20 minutes. It's a beautiful thing, right? No, now we're killing sheep and now we're taking the blood and we're smearing it on the doorpost and smearing it on the lintel on the, and smearing it on the, on the side post. You know why we don't smear it on the bottom? 
Because God never intended for us to trample over His grace. His, his grace is that incredible. He, we can't take it for granted. We can't walk over it. We can't step on it like so many of us do. And that's why it's not about consecrated bread or wine. It's about an intimate exchange with God. It's about true communion. It's about the Passover lamb. You understand? And so let, let, let's keep reading. It says in verse 11, after you've done this, in verse 11, and then you shall eat it. As fully prepared for a journey. It says your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. What is God saying here? God wanted them to not sit and relax and have this nice ritual. It says He wanted them dressed, prepared, and ready to be delivered. You see the difference? Not many of us, in that time, you sat on the floor. So you wouldn't keep your shoes on. It's hard to keep your shoes on because the shoes of that time didn't have backs. Right? How many flip-flops we got in the house? Right? So you, you sit down, you take your shoes off. You, and you know, back then we didn't have jeans and, and, and you know, they, they were like long things. But it says that they should be girded up. It should be ready. And then it says to eat it with your staff in your hand. Isn't that even ridiculous? That means, like, eat dinner with your car keys in your hand. Eat dinner with, your, with the radio for the car. Eat dinner like you're going to leave. It says he wants to eat it in a, in, in a haste because God wanted his people to be ready to be delivered. Amen? So, look what it says in 12. And this is what's going to happen. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite, that means kill, I will smite all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, proving their helplessness. God says, I am the Lord. The blood shall be a token or a sign to you upon the doorposts of the houses where you are, that when I see blood, I will pass over you. God says, when I see the blood on your doorpost, see, God gave clear instruction. Now listen to me. I believe there were some Israelites that didn't do it because they weren't obedient. I, I believe some Israelites heard this and, and some, some of God's people heard this and said, okay, all right, well, God's going to pass all, amen, great. But didn't do it. There's a big difference. If God didn't see the blood on the doorpost, he didn't, the angel of death would not know if those were God's people or, or people that were against God. And the firstborn in that house will be smite. So you understand, it takes not just listening, it's not just a ritual, it's obedience. If God tells you to do something, you got to do it, and you got to do it the way He tells you to do it. You, do we understand that? It's not, it's not what, what's comfortable for me. It's not, well, I'm not really ready for that right now. Imagine the excuses that we give today, or people give us today for not coming to church. Imagine if we use that that day. I'm, you know, the blood on the door thing, that's a little too, whoa, you know, for me. That's a little radical, that's a little kind of lunatic type of thing. I'm not going to go for that. Okay, well guess what? When you wake up, your firstborn will be dead. Do, do we understand the severity of the Passover lamb? God says, if I don't see blood, I'm killing something. If I don't see blood, I'm shedding blood. Do you, do you see the, the severity of this? Okay, so... 
I will pass through the land this night. I'm going to smite the firstborn. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a token for me or a sign to you upon the doorpost that when I see blood, I will pass over and no plague shall be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be to you a memorial. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations and keep it as an ordinance forever. God wanted... God's people to do this every year at the same time and celebrate the Passover because so that we would remember. Because how many of us need to be reminded all the time, right? Weekly. We need to be reminded all the time the price that God paid for us. Weekly, some of us more than others. I know me. Right? So it says, see what the Lamb was to God's people in the Old Testament, Jesus is to us in the New Testament. I want you to make that connection now. Jesus is that innocent Passover lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He was spotless. He was blameless. He was the blameless lamb that God chose for us to know and love and feel for. And when he was sacrificed, his blood was smeared on the doors of our spiritual homes so that the wrath of God would pass over us and we would be delivered out of slavery and bondage of sin and death and be set free. Do you understand the combination now? You understand the crossover? Jesus is that, that, that lamb that takes away our sins. In all of our homes, when we decide to believe in God and be obedient to God, it's as if we're taking that blood and we're smearing it on the lamppost. And that's something that's red paint underneath the white and I keep peeling it off. Wow. Anyway. Jesus is that lamb. And so that's why Jesus, on the day, now check this out, we're in New Testament. On the day that the Passover lamb was to be butchered, Jesus sat with his disciples and he celebrated Passover. But this one was going to be a little different. Can I have the communion bearers to come up, please? Jesus came to celebrate the Passover as he was supposed to do. And in 1 Corinthians we read, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23, it says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. You guys can just stand right along here. Come on this side. Yeah, that's good. Two and two. See, our first ceremony today is about commitment. See, grace has a price. And for that reason, that, that's the reason for this ceremony, for communion. Communion is to be able to share and exchange intimate thoughts and feelings. I'm going to ask that as a commitment today, we usually send the communion down and, and, and people have the option to grab it and just pass it. And I tell you, nothing breaks my heart more than when people pass the communion thing. And because I guess it's for so many different reasons. Some people feel unworthy. Some people have been taught through years and years of religious abuse that, that it, you know, it, because they quote a verse in the Bible that says many have taken it and, and are sick. Many have taken it and died because they've taken it in an unworthy manner. 
And so a lot of, a lot of uh, um, ministries are, have, uh, have abused that and have just put that into the place that we sit and we say, well, who of us is worthy? Nobody. Pass the cup. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to die. Right? But, but I see it in, in some of your eyes and I, I see as you pass it that it's, it's a thing that's saying, I'm not, I'm not good. I don't have it all together yet. I don't have my life right. I mess up. I still do this. I still do this. I still do this. And I still got these other two habits. But listen, it's not about that today. Would you understand that you are fully known and yet accepted? And that's such a big thing for you to grasp. But I pray that you would understand that for a moment today. That you would, if, if you would just say, God, I choose to be obedient to you. And, and, and that means, am I never going to do anything wrong? Come on, you'd be lying to you and, your, and, and I'd be lying to you if I told you that's, that's the truth, right? But you're saying, God, I put myself in your hands. God, I'm committed to you. God, I want you in my life. God, and really what you're doing is taking the blood. And smearing it on the doorposts of your spiritual houses. So that the wrath of God would see the blood and pass over. So that's how I want you to see communion today. But the, the, the thing that I'm not going to do, we're not going to take it to you today. I think there's, there's, there's an awesome tradition in the Catholic Church that they do. And that is that you have to come and get it. And, and, and we're going to do that today because I believe leaving your seat... It's, it's a spiritual way of saying, I'm leaving my place of comfort. I'm leaving my ways. And, and God, I'm going after your ways. I'm, I'm taking a step of faith. And, and I'm, I'm not going to just have it. Because, because listen, grace didn't come to me. It's not about, me. It's not about you. It's not, grace didn't come to you like God. No, He already paid the price. Now it's you to have to come to Him. Amen? He made the way. That's the beauty of it. He made the way. Because if he didn't and you tried to come to him, you could not. You would not be worthy. You would be unfit. You'd drop dead before you took us. You understand? But God, in his mercy, with the Passover lamb, Jesus being that lamb, paved the way so that you can accept the blood, so that he can see the blood and have sin pass over you, have, have the angel of death pass over you, have the wrath of God pass over you. So I'm going to ask you today as a commitment that you would come, leaving your seats, counting the cost, and remembering that for your freedom, a heavy price has been paid. Because God so loved you and me that He gladly paid that price for our redemption. And God says today, I choose you. I choose you. While you were still sinning, while you were still a bum, while you were still a mess, while you were still addicted, while you were still broken, while you were still confused and, and lost, I chose you. And so today, would we just say to God, I choose you. As we come and take communion, come, come. I'm going to ask that you come, you take the emblems, remembering the price, partake of them even before you're seated, symbolizing your readiness. Whether this is your first time or your hundredth time, make it count today. Make it real. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Say, I choose you, God. I choose you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Can we put our hands together? Let's rejoice. Amen? Come on. Rejoice like the price has been paid for you. Rejoice like you've been saved from something. Like you've been set free from something. Like you had something to be thankful about. Now we still have one more ceremony and a celebration to go. It's going to be a lot quicker. I told you this was going to be a service that you would be hard to forget. Two beautiful, meaningful ceremonies and a celebration of the, at the end. See, I love how God uses symbols throughout the Word of God to help us understand and know Him better. If you didn't know what the Old Testament taught about the Passover, then you can never understand why Jesus was called the Passover Lamb. Amen? If you didn't know that it was the blood that kept the angel of death and the wrath of God from visiting the houses of the obedient, then you wouldn't understand why it's the blood of Christ that covers over us. Amen? I'm going to ask Pastor Sal to come and stand next to me to help me with this next ceremony. See, our first ceremony today was about commitment. It's about God saying, I chose you 
even before we said it back to him. Our second ceremony today is about recommitment. See, what many of you might not know today is that Pastor Sal and his wife Jesse have just celebrated their 10th wedding anniversary. And, and because at the heart and vision of this church is building healthy families, and because the Word of God says that we're to honor marriage and see it as, as through our relationship with God, today, to your surprise and to Jesse's, as a family, you've all been invited to take part in a very special ceremony, a wedding renewal of vows. I'm going to ask Mark if you would bring Jesse down the aisle. Salvador Ferrer III and Yeseni Ferrer. Your lives have been joined together for 10 years. You've learned much. You've loved much. God has blessed you with children, children who love you. You're cared for within the community of this church. You're seen by all as a couple, as one family, as one flesh. Over the years, you've learned the meanings of the word and the two shall become one you've joined together yet your individual identities have not been extinguished but they've burned brighter because in becoming one you've also become more fully yourselves love is like that it brings fullness and maturity to all that is good it grants people space to become what God wants them to be it respects what the spirit has created and the gifts that the spirit gives to each one individually for the common good it creates wonderful distinction even as it brings unity of heart mind and soul so you are two yet you're one your hearts and minds are more deeply joined now than you could have imagined they would be 10 years ago you know one another as friends, as lovers, as parents, as comrades, as fellow workers. You can finish each other's sentences and anticipate just what it is the other wants and needs. It is a privilege to be with you today. To see that there continues to be with you a passion for one another. A passion moderated by the comfort of many years together but a passion nonetheless. It's, it is good to witness as I've gotten to know you over 10 years. The care and the respect and concern that you have for one another and from those whom God has gifted you with as a couple, your family, your friends, and your church community. As you renew your vows, I urge you to recall those things that have made your relationship succeed. The self-giving, the patience, the making of space, 
the forgiveness, the encouragement, the prayer, the telling of truth in love, and the willingness to accept and trust one another and to give thanks to God for how He's blessed you. Indeed, blessed, bless God at all times with your thankfulness and your prayers and your future will be even more blessed than your past. Sal and Jesse, today will you declare publicly before God, family and friends, that you are remaking a lasting commitment to journey through life as partners in love and life in Christ. If so, please respond. We do. We do. <laughs> now will you please join hands and share with each other the original vows which I happen to have here, Jesse. That you shared on that special day 10 years ago. I'm going to ask you to go first. I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> um, Sal, I love you, and I greatly desire for this day to be able to say publicly to our family and friends that you are truly a man that is tender and sensitive to others and me. I promise to make you a home where there is peace and joy for your heart. My goal is to be a godly woman and to help fulfill God's purpose in our lives. I love you and I'm surely proud to be your wife. And Sal, would you recite the vows that you gave Jesse 10 years ago in the same manner as you did 10 years ago. Oh, how beautiful you are, my darling. Your face is so lovely, your voice is so sweet. This feeling I cannot hide. How delightful your love is my bride How I found the one my heart loves Two lonely souls with no place to go Broken hearts left aside That's how my friend is my bride Oh, what hope and joy I have Just to see you smile As you walk so gracefully Down the aisle Pure and holy Is what the Lord provide how beautiful you are my spot is bright how beautiful you are 
The Lord blessed us and answered our prayers and gave his only son to spare. On this day we have become one. How delightful your love is. Broken hearts left aside. My bride is the apple of my eye. How I found the one my heart loves. My spot is bright. So, Sal, Jesse, 10 years ago, you both made a decision and you sealed it with a promise. You each said, I choose you. Not knowing what was to come, not knowing how it would all end up, not knowing the good times or the hard times that would follow, not even knowing Joseph and Jonathan. But today we celebrate because you've kept that promise. And that is the most beautiful thing. And so today, 10 years later, you're still saying, I choose you. So inasmuch as Salvador Ferrer III and Yeseni Ferrer have come together today and declared their love and commitment once again by the joining of hands and by the retelling of their vows to one another, and because you have said with your actions today, I choose you, then as a minister of the gospel of Christ and as your pastor and as your friend, I bless you today and I pronounce you husband and wife again. You may now kiss the bride. And now the celebration. Come forward. There's wedding cake being served.
celebration today father because of the price that you paid for us we ask your blessings on this family god that the next 10 would be even more blessed than the last 10 lord god that you would increase in blessings that you would increase in anointing that you would increase in gifting lord god we thank you in jesus name amen amen and amen Church family, we love you. This Wednesday is prayer, right? This Wednesday's prayer. We'll see you in prayer. Men, come out, please, Saturday and join us at 12 o'clock. Um, what else am I missing? If you want your portraits taken, please make sure and sign up. That's a fundraiser for another church that we're just helping. So um, you go ahead and sign up for that, and that's a beautiful thing. Also, Candice, we want to send Candice and get rid of her and send her to Africa, right? Because we love her. And we want her to do good things. So she'll also be selling uh, cupcakes today. So aside from that, we're going to get... Man. Go celebrate with her and go... Uh, make sure you take all her $30 cupcakes. And let's just raise that money for her so we can send her on that missions trip because we love her. We love you, family. Hug one another with the simple high fives because it's hot. Okay, Lisa's going to be with the table making sure the men sign up. So please sign up so we know how much food. I heard the women are preparing some incredible food for us. So please come out. We love you. Be blessed. See Gary about the house groups. Amen. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.